1: What is up Waffle Gang? I do hope you are well. My name is Mark and today we're checking out some more r slash entitled people. If you are new here, please consider hitting that like, that subscribe and maybe that notification bell too. And let's just crack straight on with today's stories. Much love guys. Now our first story comes from Blah Blah Anna. Neighbor believes public parking space should belong to him. Slashes our tire. This happened just a couple of months ago and thought I would share with you guys. EN, entitled neighbor. AN, awesome neighbor. Some context, where I live, houses don't typically have driveways. If you have a parking garage in your house, the street parking space in front of it is considered yours as well. And not legal for someone else to park on without your permission. If you don't have a garage though, that street parking space is considered public. And anyone has the right to park on at any time. The only instance in which it's not legal to leave a car in a public space is if you're using it to abandon the vehicle, i.e. leaving it there for a ridiculous long amount of time without moving it. Now to the story. I used to live in a small apartment complex. There were six apartments distributed between two floors. None of them had a garage. I didn't used to have a car until my boyfriend moved in, so I had never really paid attention to parking spaces. When he moved in, he started leaving his car in front of the apartments, on the very legal first-come, first-served spaces. Well, two of the downstairs neighbors seemed to believe that since we were living upstairs, we were stealing their places because they were in front of their apartments and they should have them for themselves. Not sure how they wanted us to park up in the air. (laughs) That's what I just thought. We had that discussion with them multiple times, told them to get a government permit to make it exclusive and rightfully theirs, and we would stop parking there those permits are crazy expensive. They didn't get them, we kept parking. One night we go out, get in the car and realize that one of the tires has been slashed. Really weird, but we just change it without adding two and two together. The next day, Ian tells us that the police officers had attended a report of an abandoned car, our car. Apparently Ian thought it would be really clever to slash our tire to make the car look abandoned and then open an abandoned car report on it. This way, police would come and tow our car, freeing up the space and costing us a lot of money in the process. When we looked up the reports, the guy had said that we hadn't moved the car in months. We moved it at least three times a week. Since A.N. saw the officers inspecting our car, he went down to talk to them and explained that the car belonged to us, that we had it in constant use, and the report was fake. It helped a lot that we had changed the tire right away, before the police went to check out. The most frustrating part about this is that Ian would come up with multiple trash cars that barely moved all the time and he would take up to five, six or seven street parking spaces at a time. So he did understand the concept of public parking. He just believed everyone should give up their rights to him. We tried talking to him after the incident and he was way too coward to face us. Instead, sending his wife who told us we needed to have empathy for him anyways now we have moved to a place with a sign parking per apartment and so far no yen's around <laughs> thank goodness and there's lots of people that deserve empathy in the world but this entitled asshole? i don't think so and this next story is from imperium and we've got poppy who just sat on my lap and is going to be joining us for this story so apologies for any background noises i let a restaurant go to hell on a busy saturday night and it kickstarted my career this was when i was 18 I'm 34 now, so 2004, 2005. Think pre-iPhone, but cell phones like the Nokia 3310 exist, which I had one because my parents wanted to make sure I could always be contacted. I worked at a bar chain restaurant for six months. Let's call it C. It was completely new store. When we opened, we were the only building for eight blocks except for the sister restaurant next door that was part of the same investment group as C. It was a decent upper middle class white neighborhood, so we'd get lots of people in the door. I was originally hired as to-go, but I was trained up in almost everything in the restaurant and I frequently filled shifts, and I got the most hours for it. It was the worst job I ever had, and still is. After getting shifted around to different homes, to-go, QA, host, sometimes server, I eventually ended up in bus, cleaning tables. They promised to move me off bus once we had buses. I hope I pronounced that right. But, as we'll find out later, that day never came. The main reason this happened is that because we ran out of buses. They tried hiring buses at a rapid rate, but it didn't work. The average survival rate for a busser was two weeks, including training time. Eventually, our reputation of chewing out buses made its rounds. No one would even show up for interviews for the job. See, at sea, a pecking order had been established. At the top, you had the managers, then it was the servers, then it was the bar servers, restaurant servers, etc. Guess what was at the bottom? That's right, buses. Anytime I spoke up about how people needed to pre-bus their tables, people scoffed and said I should just do my job. I explained how I could clear an entire restaurant by myself if everyone pre-bus their tables. Three seconds per table versus eight minutes per table. Deaf ears. So I have to explain about why there's a huge time differential between a pre-bus table and a total bus table. If the servers took every plate off the table, even if the table was grody, I could wipe it into my bucket, clean up a few things, wipe off the seat, reset the center table, and move on to the next table. It'd be in and out 30 seconds and onto the next table. However, if I had to total bus a table, I'd have to take all of the plates, organize everything on the tab, time varied depending on the number of people at the table, two minutes for a two top, 4-5 4 to 5 minutes for a four top etc. if a table had ordered lots of drinks multiple fajitas each fajita meal contained no less than six dishes and or had been particularly unsanitary about their eating practices unruly kids usually you could add up to 3 minutes per table this also compounds that i had to go back to the kitchen and sort through all of the plates cups etc well 2 months into my we're going to move you off of bussing once we find buses, it's a busy saturday night i'm talking 1 hour wait at 6:30 p.m half the tables are currently dirty and i'm working my ass off but each table takes about five minutes because no one is pre-busing tables i'm told the priority is the restaurant so i had to tell the bar waiters that they probably wouldn't be bussed at all because it would be so busy they were not having that and the on shift am assistant manager told me i should do my job but i should still prioritize the restaurant not the bar whatever i'm constantly telling servers to pre-bus their tables only to be ignored It was a particularly bad night, so I asked if the dishwashers could help me out when I brought back my tabs instead of organizing everything myself. They were nice, so they agreed, and it was a decent system. Cut out two to three minutes per table. It was still pretty hell with lots of people wanting food. It still didn't help that I had to go back to the kitchen every time there was a full bus table. Enter Karen, queen of the bar server bitches. (sighs) Remember that pecking order I mentioned? Yeah, she was the queen of the server order. She was one of the ones that constantly berated me for my job performance, despite the fact that I did more than almost anyone else in the restaurant. She made my last two months a living hell, constantly telling me I didn't do a good job, that she had to wait for me too long, etc. I constantly told the AM's and manager about the disrespect I received, and they said I should just man up. She never got a single write-up. One particularly busy Saturday night, Karen was a server in the bar side, which meant she wasn't the priority. I told her that I couldn't bus her tables unless she pre bus them and only if there weren't restaurant tables I needed to bus. She was constantly telling me I needed to bus her tables and I was lazy. Despite the fact that I had lifted over 300 tabs that night, she wasn't the priority. She didn't pre-bus any of her tables and she was always on the back dock smoking. Once that night, a nice couple saw me working in the table behind them and politely asked if they could talk to their server so they could take their order. She had left them alone for 15 minutes while she was smoking on the back dock and flirting with one of the prep cooks. She scoffed when I interrupted her flirting. Oh I'm sorry Karen, I'm sorry I interrupted your 6th flirting break today so you can do the thing you were hired to do. About 6.30pm that night, the restaurant got flooded with people. One hour wait and I had to push my ass to the limit. I was flipping tables despite absolutely zero of the servers pre-busing. However, since the restaurant was the priority, I couldn't get to her tables at all. Finally, we got a dip. I could finally get to her three tables and all of them aren't pre-bust. So I have to do the full busing for her tables despite they haven't been vacant for almost 45 minutes. After the first table, she follows me back to the second table and tells me I need to hurry. I'm garbage at my job and I'm making her lose money. I tell her to leave me alone and don't reprimand me in front of the house. It was embarrassing with bar patrons looking over their shoulder and I could see they honestly felt sorry for me. I was at the lowest point in my life at that point in time. I honestly felt like I was the worst human being in the world. When she left, I stopped busing for a second and sat down at the table for a second. I looked at the dirty half full tab and I got up. The table wasn't finished and I left my dirty tab on the seat. I went to the back in to go. It wasn't active and this was before widespread internet. We got maybe 15 orders per night. So managers had relegated to go duties to the QA that serviced the rest of the restaurant. It was easily accessible for them, but it was also vacant at that point in time. Calling to go was all a relatively new and novel concept. I put down my headset and turned it off, pulled out a to go pad and wrote a full note noting how this restaurant is going down the toilet unless the managers get balls and reprimand the staff for treating buses like crap. I then left without telling anyone. I was called on my cell phone about 5 minutes into my drive home and the AN told me, OP, you still have a shift. My response was, no, I don't, I quit. Their response was, OP, you still have a shift. Again, my response is, no, I fucking don't need to be disrespected like I have, I quit. She had the gall to repeat herself, OP, you still have a shift. I hung up and turned off my phone. It turned out that I left just in time for the dinner rush. Saturdays, we closed at midnight, so for those last four hours, it was hell in a handbasket. I was told that the AM prevented anyone from going home until 2am because the restaurant was basically a trash basket by the end. Wait times at 10pm were capped because they were well over 2 hours. Host told me later that she had to turn away 40 families that night because everything went to hell. Some people just left while waiting for a table. Orders were getting misplaced. This information made it up to corporate and they had to call in a fixer team to figure out what happened. They wanted to call me but I wasn't going to talk to them. There was some restructuring in the business. The manager got shifted to another position in the company. The AM that called on staff was let go. Karen wrote up, relegated to shit shifts, and eventually left. I didn't return for two months, but not as an employee, but as a customer. I was told all of this by one of the remaining AMs, the one that actually treated me like a human being, and gave me all of my tip shares, which was nice. The next best part of this, the day after I left C, my best friend found an ad that a huge game maker was looking for QAs. We applied that day, and the following week I got interviewed and hired on the spot. He didn't make it. It was the beginning of my programming Hold up.
0: What was that?
1: I advanced through that job, got over to automation programming, then got hired at other companies. Now I'm a senior programmer for a sheriff's office with 14 years of programming experience. The stories where it's like shit management are the most frustrating whatsoever. You've got someone here who's getting basically abused by the staff around them and management is doing nothing and saying stuff like man up. Gee whiz, I'm glad you just walked out of there in the end and you got some positivity in your life. 14 years programming experience, well done to you, absolutely amazing stuff. And sometimes the best revenge in these stories is when they just up and leave and just let everything go to hell and then they can see what they missed. Wouldn't it be fantastic to be in that restaurant after that just happened and watch them go to absolute chaos? I'd love it. Even if I was like eating in that restaurant, I'd absolutely love the drama going on. (laughs) and this next story is from store status i'm an uninvited guest but you should apologize to me so i am now back at work one day a week as of this week but since october i've been on maternity leave for the first few weeks we wanted total privacy as this pregnancy was pretty hard on me most people respected it but my husband's sister did not now when i'm at home especially two weeks post-birth i like to breastfeed topless with a frozen nipple cover over the breast not being used or tandem feeding Very rarely, when it's near feeding time, I will wear a top or bra. My husband is very happy with this arrangement and my daughters don't mind it as long as I cover up if they have friends over. Understandable, since I don't want to be topless in front of a bunch of 10 and seven year olds. So two weeks after I gave birth, I had my newborn son on one side of me and my toddler son on the other, tandem feeding. I was topless, feeding, and sitting with my feet up watching a horror movie on the couch. Then I heard the front door unlock. Now my husband gets home around 12 some days so I assumed it was him, completely forgetting that my sister-in-law has a spare key in case of emergencies. I focus on my feeding then I hear a scream from the living room door. I turn my head to look at her and she's covering her husband's eyes with one hand and taking off her shawl with another to drape around me. She comments on the state of the house. Remember I had a two-week-old baby and a toddler in the house on my own and how I am molesting my kids and hurt her husband's feelings by exposing him to nudity. I told her if she didn't like it, then leave. She threw some more insults and left. To this day, she still wants me to apologize for breastfeeding topless in my own home that she walked into unannounced there isn't really much to say on this one is it where, where sister-in-law walks into the house unannounced and then gets offended and says you're molesting your kids and hurt her husband's feelings oh come on man there's one huge solution to all this entitlement straight away either take the keys off her or get the locks changed or or both just in case right and just tell him not to come round. what a ass <laughs> And this next one's from Cheeto Dust. Mm. Entitled Karen tries to use SIL wedding photographer that SIL paid for. My SIL and BIL got married in a small intimate ceremony at the courthouse due to COVID regulations. They paid good money for a photographer to come take some pictures during the ceremony and after right outside the courthouse. As they get well into the post-ceremony pictures, an entitled Karen approached the photographer and said, Um... How about you stop taking pictures of them and you start taking pictures of us over there? Photographer says, no ma'am. this couple hired me to take their pictures. She then follows up with, so you're not going to take our pictures? No, I'm working for this couple, not for the courthouse. Entitled Karen walks away. Photographer continues to do what she was paid to do until Karen rudely interrupts again. Where can I go to pay for the pictures? mom again i do not work for the courthouse i am an independent contractor they hired me months before the wedding the courthouse doesn't provide photographs you can pay as far as i know karen then says well can't i just pay you when you're done with them photographer says because they already paid me ahead of time and were going to a different location after to take more pictures again i work for them not the courthouse karen stomps away and wasn't heard from from the rest of the time they were there PSA, I can't believe I even need to say this. If you're having a wedding, small or large, it's probably a wise idea to book your photographer ahead of time and not try to steal someone else's. <laughs> now this next story comes from Yonala Tanala. No, Karen, I won't let you take my steak. This still makes me sort of angry giggle when I think about it. Obligatory, I'm on my mobile. So last year was my mum's 60th birthday. With lockdown, we couldn't do a big party, but instead I did a socially distanced meal for her, my dad and me. She wanted a steak dinner with all the trimmings. I went down to the supermarket a few days beforehand. Said supermarket had these specially cut steaks in vacuum packs and a deal of three for 10 pounds. I was choosing steaks and noticed a woman close by doing the same and picking up several. I took my three, put them in my trolley and moved on. I moved on, got the remainder on my list and then thought of getting wine. I moved away from my trolley whilst choosing. When I turned back, that customer from before was leaning over my trolley. I said, uh, hi, this is my trolley. So which she says, oh, I know, I'm just taking one of your steaks. Why, I chose those, you were there too. I saw you pick some up. She said, right, but I got 14 and I need one more. I said, I have three, you're not taking one of mine. I deliberately pulled my trolley away from her at this point. She says, you have to, I need it for the multi-deal. To which I say, and I need it to feed three people. No. Her, red in the face by now, I'll go and get the manager then. To which I say, go ahead. She runs off and I finish choosing my wine. Five minutes later, I'm waiting to get checked out when the lady comes over with the manager. She stood back with a smug look. I could see through her mask while the manager came over. Manager says, mom, this lady says you stole one of her steaks. Is that true? I said no. I picked up three at the freezer and later found her leaning over my trolley and saying she'd take one. She said she needs it for the multi-deal. The manager sighed. I knew it. She does this. I'm sorry to trouble you. Enjoy your day. I said, you too. Good luck with her. The manager sighed again and walked away. As I checked out, I saw him guiding her away from the tail points. A few minutes later, I heard a security to the meat aisle announcement as I was leaving. The steaks were lovely, but not worth stealing from someone else's trolley. (laughs) I've actually seen people stealing from each other's baskets and trolley before. I don't know what it is about salmon at Christmas time that people go mental for in the UK. And I remember one Christmas, I don't eat salmon anyway, so I'm not bothered by it. But I remember watching because... Like the shelves were, were getting empty. People were desperate to pick up like turkeys and, and food and people picking up salmon. And I saw people waiting around like this. It's just at the end of one of the aisles and all the salmon was on there. And the guy comes to load it back up. And before he can even start unloading it, people were dipping their hand into the, the box he brought the salmon out on. They're taking it. And you can hear people screaming, that's my salmon. That's my salmon. They're grabbing it from each other's baskets. And you think, what the bloody hell is going on here? <laughs> it's absolute chaos. To be fair though, I was just stood at the end of the aisle like peeping from around one of the corners. I was absolutely loving it. <laughs> I'm a nosy bastard. But again, in all these stories that we cover, am I the arsehole, entitled people, all of these ones, you think, what goes through someone's head to think, you know, that's, that's normal behavior. So just, I'm just going to go and take that from someone's basket and just, <laughs> yeah, this is totally fine. I mean, come on, man. And this story's from Coming to Get You Babs. Woman demands to know, tragic backstory. This happened a couple of years back, but I still cringe when I remember it. Throughout my teens and early adulthood, I had it pretty rough. My mental health was not the greatest, and as a result of bad coping strategies, I had severe scarring throughout my body, most noticeably on my left arm. Due to the extent of the damage, literally hundreds of keloids, most people assume I was in an accident and have the good sense to avoid the topic. It is no secret to friends, but not exactly something I want to discuss with strangers. A good friend of mine wanted to go shopping for clothes and asked me to tag along to keep her company. I think we were both in our early 20s at the time and I still had severe social anxiety. We were having a good time, but while she was in the changing room, I wandered off by myself to browse. A little kid comes up to me and asks what happened to my arm. Kids are curious, that's fine. I'm not about to disclose the truth though, as I feel it's A, highly inappropriate, and B, quite uncomfortable. So I tell him I am not at home saying and immediately start rifling through shirts to appear busy. The kid goes away and comes back teary-eyed with mum in tow. She demands I explain to her child exactly what happened to my arm, as they are curious. The following convo takes place. Mum, I don't feel comfortable talking about it, please respect that. But my kid wants to know. That's all well and good, but I am entitled to my privacy. What I understand is you're a rude, selfish, little, expletive. What followed was a veritable verbal battering as the woman got increasingly agitated and took turns calling me impolite and demanding answers. It escalated to her grabbing my arm and telling her kid to touch it as much as they wanted. At that point, I, already on the verge of a panic attack, started to freak out. I practically screamed at her. "'It doesn't matter whether I was a lion tamer "'or kidnapped by pirates. "'You don't get to know my life story "'just because you want to.'" My friend came back about then, having heard the commotion. She is a petite, soft-spoken creature, and I can count on one hand the number of times I've heard her raise her voice in 30-plus years we've known each other and still have fingers left. She descended on them like an avenging Valkyrie and with the language that would make a sailor blush gave such a thorough verbal lash and the lady was rendered momentarily speechless.'" We took the opportunity to leave and I could hear her shouting about the rude kids on the way out. I was a bit shaken up at the time, but to this day we laugh about how bad of a lion tamer I must be. <laughs> I hope for the kids' sake, their mum learned some chill though. Yeah, me too, and it's part of what makes you think of what are those kids gonna grow up like if you know the mum thinks it's appropriate to go up someone and you know you have to explain the scarring that you have and then grabbing the arm and saying, look, touch it as much as you like. That entitlement, you know, is obviously going to pass down to the children and less hope by some miracle that it just doesn't because it's so heartbreaking to think that children are going to grow up just like that person. But well done, OP. Well done. Anyway, I hope you did enjoy today's entitled people stories. And if you did, you know what to do. If you have a moment, of course, please consider hitting that like, that subscribe, maybe that notification bell too. And just a huge thank you for spending 20 minutes out of your day here. It means the absolute world to me. And if you want to support the channel further, you absolutely can. But as always, never any pressure to do so by clicking that join button down below for YouTube or clicking the link in the description for Patreon and joining up there. Thank you so much, guys. I'll see you in the next one. Much love.